Some shows lean left, some lean right, but we lean local and business. This is North Georgia Business Radio X with Bo Henderson. For the next hour, we will celebrate the businesses in our area and the people that run them. Find us on Facebook at North Georgia Business Radio X and online at NorthGeorgiaBusinessRadioX.com. Now, here's Bo Henderson. You know, if I had to think of one of the keys to being successful in business, it would be communication. And I'm really excited in today's show, we're going to dig deep and we're going to talk a lot about communication and some other topics too. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton, and you're listening to North Georgia Business Radio X. How's it going, Dr. Bill? Doing well, Bo, and I think one of the encouraging signs that you and I and everyone else are seeing is that things are beginning to open up a little bit. I happen to see the owners of one of my favorite restaurants a day or two ago. And they have been back in business now, had had a month and a half off. They've been back. They say they're at least at half capacity now, which is far better than no capacity. So they're doing the skipping every other seat kind of booth? You they can, say you can they're, name the restaurant. They're, they're spacing the tables, yes. You want to name the restaurant? It's a local business here. It's poor Richard's. I, I, I was going to guess that was Yes. That. Saw money and, and Richard. Okay. Well, very good. Well, one of the things I was having a conversation with our team today at the retirement planning firm, and one of the questions that came up was, what do we think the impact is going to be short term and long term from this COVID-19 that we're dealing with? And I thought it was fascinating as we were thinking through and brainstorming. One of the things that came up was this idea of, I think we got to be careful not to overcorrect. You know, everybody's talking about virtual and technology. And if we're not careful and we go 100% that way, everybody overshoots. So what we came up with was I think we need to be kind of a hybrid model moving forward, especially in the service business, and be high touch and high tech. And that way we can serve everybody from that person that likes to be knee to knee and go through a process maybe that's normal or traditional to them or somebody who wants to go through complete virtual technology. I think the the adjustment that business owners of all sizes have made, I think the adjustments are commendable. People who had nothing to do with technology before, who'd never heard of Zoom, who'd never uh, had their face on on the screen trying to talk with people, I think it's it's gone fairly well. There are many people who've made that adjustment. At the same time, I agree with you, Bo. All of us miss that in-person up close, just a few feet away, contact where we, we can even read people's expressions and their body language. And there's, there's just something about being present there that's so different. It's, it's so much more enriching. You know what I think it is, Bill? You might know the statistics better than me, but there's so much more in, in a communication between two people than what the words are that come out of your mouth, right? There's the, there's the facial expressions, the body language, and I, I think that's that's part of why that, that face-to-face is so important to a lot of people because it feels like a probably a closer connection maybe. Yes, I, I, I know traditionally people have said that there maybe as, as high as 75% of our communication comes through our nonverbal communication. And I think, for example, Bo, if you and I were emailing each other, mm-hmm. and I said something that I meant to be humorous, sort of a quip, maybe even a lighthearted dig at you. I'm not there where you can see me grin. 
uh, feel me slap you on right. the back, uh, uh, chuckle a little bit. And so you don't get the same meaning. In fact, you might get a very distorted, very disturbing meaning. Yeah. How many how many relationships have been negatively impacted by a misinterpreted text, maybe? Oh, yes. Or an email, for that matter. Oh, yes. Well, you know, Bill, this is the time of the show where we go interview local businesses and the people that run them, and we have a special treat. We're going to do something a little unique today. And it came to my mind, I said, why have we not done this yet? And I'm going to interview a communication expert. I'm going to interview, well, let me inter- let me just introduce my guest, Dr. Bill Lampton, became fascinated with communication during his student days at Millsaps College in Jackson, Mississippi, when he took the basic speech course and also acted in several college theater performances. He continued learning about communication at Ohio State University, where he earned his Ph.D. After teaching communications five years at the University of Georgia, he put his communication skills to the ultimate test, managing fundraising campaigns in higher education and healthcare. Now, in 1997, Bill formed his company, Championship Communication, based right here in Gainesville, Georgia, and he has served as a keynote speaker, communication coach, radio broadcaster, seminar director, video producer, and book author. I could go on and on, but we're here with the biz communication guy, Dr. Bill Lanton. How's it going, Dr. Bill? Great, and I appreciate that summary, sort of an overview of how I really became fascinated with communication, I think, Bo, getting back to that speech class at Millsaps College, uh, a required speech class, as it often is, and never did I dream that quite a few years later I would be teaching that at University of Georgia. <laughs> but in that basic speech class, I began to become fascinated with the fact that if a student prepared a topic well, if they seemed energetic about the topic, if they had good substantive material, illustrations, stories, facts to back up what they were saying, then they could persuade somebody in a matter of 10 to 15 minutes that they had to give that speech. And not only could they change opinions, it's possible they could change behavior. At the same time, I became a history major. Of course, I noticed that every major movement in history had someone who was an incredible communicator, even Gandhi's nonverbal communication. We were talking about nonverbal communication a couple of minutes ago. But you name any great historical movement, and somewhere there was a powerful communicator, or many of them, that fostered that movement. You're listening to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm Bo Henderson, and we're talking to Dr. Bill Lampton about the power of communication. And you were saying that every every major movement moment in history, there was a powerful communicator. That's fascinating. Well, Bill, let's go from there. So, so take me through all. There's many phases. So, you worked in um, academia. So, what was there a big lesson or something? It sounds like you went from academia to more like a corporate and the fundraising side of the world, and then to an entrepreneur. Are there things you took from each of those areas to, to get to where you are today, being a entrepreneur with championship communication and helping others more effectively communicate? Yes, I think I can thumbnail that pretty quickly. On the University of Georgia scene, I had the opportunity to teach students and watch them develop their skills. And so later on, becoming a speech coach for CEOs, leaders, 
aspiring leaders. I took the same elements and, and approaches that I had used with my university students and applied that to business leaders and watched them also develop. And then two, uh, moving from my management days, the 20 years that I was in fundraising management with colleges, universities, and healthcare, moving from that, uh, certainly I, I like to tell seminars that I'm directing, I like to tell the people that I know which communication mistakes to correct because I made all of them. That's right. You've learned. It's, it's like I tell people, if, if making mistakes makes you wise, I should be a pretty smart man by now. We're, we're both brilliant. <laughs> well, we're talking more with communication. You're listening to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton. And I want to get to specific uh, how about tips, specific tips to communicating better when we come back right here on North Georgia Business Radio X. Listening to North Georgia Business Radio X, I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton, and we're talking about communication. And before we went to the break, we're talking about tips. You know, communicate. We communicate in every area of our life, whether it's with our family, whether it's with our coworkers, whether it's at church. We communicate all the time, and I think a lot of people just don't know how to improve that communication. But we all know, I think, that effective communication is essential. What are some tips, Dr. Bill? Among the tips that I like to share with clients, and I'm glad to share now, Bo, one of them would be concentrate on the other person more than on yourself. There's a habit that many of us fall into when we get an opportunity to talk with somebody about our business. We have a set spiel. We have a, a story or stories that we want to tell. While we're doing that, we're missing what the potential client or the client or customer is really thinking and needing. So first of all, let's put ourselves aside. As, as a friend of mine says, get over yourself. <laughs> right. And that means, too, that we, we become very keen listeners. I've often said that Listening is one of our most powerful communication tools, and yet it's one of the most neglected. I remember so well speaking at a conference in Richmond, Virginia, and one of the company heads said to me he had taken a different approach in hearing customer complaints. He said, I used to be defensive. I'd argue with them. I'd tell them they were wrong. I'd give them evidence to prove it. He said, one day I decided to try non-committal listening. Non-committal listening, he said, is where all I did was nod my head and ask them to tell me more. He said, I would do that for 10 or 15 minutes. He said, it's amazing that many people not only got rid of their anxiety, he said, I had some of them say to me, you know, I'm really sorry I've, I've taken up your time with this. This is a minor problem. You've got a good company. You give me good service. Now, certainly that doesn't happen every time. But listing skills, if a leader has that, if a salesperson has that, if a manager has that, what a difference it makes. You know, it's it goes back to that, that joke of, 
of if you uh, what is it we got one mouth and two ears right yes so we can listen twice as much well so so we listen better uh what else what else could we do to be better communicators i would say that old bit k-i-s-s keep it simple stupid (laughs) (laughs) i i have uh, i remember so well going back to my college days in freshman english we were handed a list of probably 350 vocabulary words, new words that we had to learn. And so some people think that being impressive as a communicator is using all those big words. The opposite is the case. People do not want you to try to impress them. They want you to get your message across. And even James Michener, one of the most prominent writers of our lifetime, James Michener said, our job is not to use extraordinary words. Our job is to use simple words to get extraordinary words done. You know, what I find, especially in the, the financial space, I think the real art is taking complex, extraordinary things, maybe, and making them easy to understand. So it's almost the opposite. It's almost true brilliance is being able to make things understandable. Yes, and that's, that's especially important and talking with somebody with terms that they're not familiar with. Right. Every every business, of course, has its jargon. That's its own language. That's okay if you're using it internally. But when you try to use that externally with people who don't know it, that brings confusion and can even bring anger. It can even be condescending. It can, yes. It can feel condescending to the receiver, I believe. Yes. If you're talking to me in language that I have no business understanding because it's outside of my realm. I'd also say not only keep it simple, keep it short. Ah, (laughs) Concise. I talk uh, often about long-winded people uh, (laughs) and and how do you handle them? It's, It's a major problem. Some people don't realize how much they are dominating conversations. They lose clients that way. They make meetings run too long. They frustrate people. So brevity, Shakespeare said, is the soul of wit. Right. You know, what, what are the fewest words I can use to illustrate my point or communicate my point? I think that's the key. Yes. Well, Bill, we've been talking. There's two. I like to work in threes. Do you have a third up your sleeve somewhere, a third tip to successful communication? We've got listening well and keeping it succinct or keeping it simple. And the third one was keep it short. Keep it short. Okay, so we got the third. So be concise. Yes. Very good. So when, we, when we're talking about um, being better communicators, I, I'm thinking there's application. Everybody listening today could go home and practice this. We could go home and talk with our spouse, our kids at work, and we can practice maybe not saying I so much and maybe listening to what the other person is trying to say. It's interesting. I remember Dale Carnegie early in his career a very prominent lady invited him to a party and said, you, you will meet many people here who can help you promote your business. And Dale Carnegie went to the party. He never told anybody anything about himself. He simply asked for them to talk about their family, their job, their hobbies, their interests. And the next day, the lady called him and said, Mr. Carnegie, my phone has been ringing off the hook. <laughs> People are telling me that you're the greatest conversationalist they ever heard. That's right. That, that, yeah, saying the less I talk, the more people think I'm a genius. It's mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. I know one of the things um, 
that we have in common, how we met, was you're very active out there networking. All right, I'll tell the story. You brought up <clears throat> you brought up poor Richards. Um, I met Dr. Bill probably ten plus years ago by finding his business card out in the lobby at Poor Richards. And I was at a time where I was starting to do educational workshops out in North Georgia in the community. And I said, I'll call this guy up. And we met and did some work together, and we've been friends ever since. So that's a little story of the power of networking, but talk a little bit about the importance of networking. Uh, Of course, our networking in person has been temporarily halted. But networking, I like to put it this way, networking determines your net worth. It, It truly does. Who you meet who can refer you, who you can learn from, who can introduce you to other people. Networking determines your net worth. And I also like to say, networking beats not working. (laughs) That's right. Well, what are some examples? Are you doing things like, what do you recommend? Things like um, networking groups, chamber activities, all of the above, informal? What do you think? Well, you, Bo, have mastered the art of meeting people for coffee. That's right. <laughs> I think you built your business that way. And, and, and just something like that, uh, meeting somebody for coffee is not threatening. Sometimes uh, if you want a more extended conversation, you meet for lunch. You mentioned the chamber. Certainly the Hall County Chamber has been a wonderful resource for networking for many years, I've been active there. I've uh, directed programs there. I'm directing another one next month. Uh, this one is going to be online instead of in person. Uh, chambers, civic clubs, of course, mm-hmm. is another way. Uh, your your um, associations, for example, if you have a bridge group or uh, a wine group or you got a group you go to football games with and do your uh, your charcoaling and your chatting there. All of it's important. And the main thing about networking is don't go in there trying to sell. Right. Go in there trying to learn about people. There you go. And see, is there an opportunity to add value? Establish relationships. Well, somebody's listening, Bill, and says, I could stand to be a better communicator in work, at home in my board meeting, whatever it might be, how could they maybe get in touch with you and find out more about, you know, a process you took me through personally to become a better communicator? We'd be delighted to hear from anyone who's interested in boosting their own personal communication skills or boosting the communication aspects of their business, the way to find out more about my services for leaders and for corporations would be my website, biz, that's B-I-Z, bizcommunicationguy.com. All my contact information is on there. Be happy to, to discuss your needs and how I can help you with them. That's bizcommunicationguy.com. I'm Bo Henderson. You're listening to North Georgia Business Radio X. We'll be right back after this.
You're listening to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm Bill Lampton. Here with Bo Henderson, and we're going to turn the tables a little bit. Bo, talk to me about my professional development and interest and services, and now we're going to hear from Bo. And again, to introduce Bo, Bo Henderson is a retirement planning specialist, a USA Today and Wall Street Journal best-selling author, and the founder and visionary of Rich Life Advisors. Bo has helped more than 3,000 clients to not only improve their relationship with money, but to live their unique definition of a fulfilled life with purpose through his innovative Rich Life Retirement Success Strategy. Bo has a degree in psychology from the University of Georgia and is not listed here, but Bo was a defensive end for the Georgia Bulldogs for three years. And I, next time I carry the ball, I'd like Bo blocking for me. He does have a degree in psychology from University of Georgia, as well as several professional designations, retirement income, certified professional, certification for long care, and others. As a media contributor, Bo's message of the rich life has been featured in media outlets, including Forbes, Fox 5 Atlanta, The CW, the Wall Street Journal, and Market Watch. Pretty impressive there, Bo. He's also the host, as we know, of the Retirement Resource Show and North Georgia Business Radio X. Hello, Bo. Hey, Bill. Thanks for all that. I appreciate you taking all the time to write that up. That was, that's, <laughs> that's 20 years of work there. Yes, absolutely. Bo, I remember on more than one occasion hearing how you became interested and even committed to helping people understand financial planning, take care of their future, and even make things well for their their descendants. Tell us, please, the personal situation that prompted you in that professional direction. So what got me on the path of becoming a retirement planning specialist I was I graduated the University of Georgia with a degree in psychology, and I was planning to go to graduate school. I thought I wanted to be a psychologist. I thought I wanted to talk to people about why our behavior makes us do the things we do. And around that time, Bill, uh, my father passed away prematurely from lung cancer at 49 years old. Uh, I came home to help mom. She's over and coming, and uh, she dad had a business and some real estate around there. And in trying to um, immerse myself and help her kind of sort through and deal with that, I realized, you know what, this is something I could do that, one, I was interested in, and I knew I'd never get bored doing, and 20 years later, I can tell you that was true. Um, Two, if there's not somebody there to help people through those transitions in life, whether it's a death, retirement, whatever that is, there's 10 people that'll show up and take advantage of you if you're not careful. So on that, that event, my father passing away kind of shifted my track from going down kind of a mental health counseling psychology route to financial planning. And as, as I've done this, what I realized, I thought it was funny early on that what in the world does somebody with, with formal education and finance and psychology, that is so bizarre, but I realized it's actually quite perfect because 
there's so much to do with our behavior and being successful with our finances. Seems to me I remember that there was a, a transition point. Am I right that you were, after graduation, on the Athens, Georgia Police Force? You know what was funny? I was dating uh, a young lady at the time, and she was in graduate school. And the two years she was there after I graduated, I actually um, became a police officer, you know, post-certified police officer. And it was a jo- job I enjoyed, but it was another thing um, – that when I looked out uh, long term, I was just afraid for me it was going to be a burnout type of career, and that kind of shifted me back to the the psychology. But it was fun. I tell you the the getting to do the SWAT stuff and, and work out with the guys and the camaraderie. I had a lot of fun and missed a lot of that. Hey, you learned teamwork pretty well too. That's right, Bo. One of the things that I I believe makes your profession so necessary the information that you can bring to people is that when we're quite young and even I think into our 30s and 40s we put off that type of discussion we put off that type of planning because the future seems so far away and none of us think that we could have happened to us what happened with your father right and in your late 40s, are you going to lose your parents? Or if you are a parent, are you going to lose your life that early? But the thing that you help people realize is that none of us are exceptions. Uh, The contingencies can happen to anybody. And so while you, in in many ways, it's like a, a life insurance policy. You don't want to have to use it but you want it there if you need it. Right. I mean, here's the key, is we need a plan. We need a plan whether we're, we're a young couple or we're, whether we're into, into retirement. We need a plan to control the things we can control so that uh, regardless of what's thrown at us, we should be okay. We've addressed all the things we've, we can address, and we've done the best we can do. Uh, an example with retirement planning, it's um, – I'll talk to people, and I've had thousands of these conversations at this point. Uh, I'll ask them, do you have a strategy when they come in to talk or they call in? And I can count in thousands of conversations, I can count on my two hands how many people say I I have a a strategy that I understand and I feel confident in. And it's just one of those things, Bill, we get busy uh, building a career, raising a family, and this is one of those things that's easy to put off. And money is one of those things that's easy not to talk about. So what happens is we don't talk about it until we're dealing with it in an urgent situation. And then if we're not careful, when we're only dealing with money in bad situations, urgent situations, we get more of a, uh, a bad energy, bad connotation around money, and we don't talk about it even more. It creates a vicious cycle. In fact, one of the things that I've heard about uh, divorces and marital separations is many people think that um, the the hierarchy of problems, money is not much of a factor. But from what I understand, it's often the number one factor that people have disagreed or they haven't talked about it. All of a sudden, they're in trouble. They're blaming each other. Yeah, if you want a successful relationship, uh, especially a successful marriage, before you get married, have a commu- have have conversations about money and learn that for the health and the viability of the marriage long term, have regular conversations about money because when you just talk about money because that's what your family does, 
it's not only coming up in those bad situations and those in those really stressful situations and everybody's on the same page and everybody's um contributing and knows what's going on it's it's when we're kind of one person's dealing with it the rest of the family doesn't know what's going on surprises happen you see a lot of conflict and a lot of stress and and another thing we're dealing with people i grew up different than you grew up than than my partner grew up than my spouse grew up and we were we were shaped in different ways to have different beliefs about money we have different patterns about how we handle money and if we don't have those conversations and understand that we're going to assume as humans do i'm going to assume you see the world just like i do and you see the world just like i do but we all know everybody's an individual and sees the word. So, so communicate. So we're getting back to something kind of funny here. Communication, which was our first segment with Dr. Bill communication around money is key. I think, um, we, we should give a little bit of attention, Bo, to the current situation with coronavirus. Many people of course are missing paychecks. Would people who had done, serious financial planning 20 years ago, to what extent would they be able to survive some terrible surprise like coronavirus more than someone else who had not done the planning? Well, in the context of retirement planning, which is what I do day in and day out, if they had done retirement planning even a year ago, they would have approached this um, pandemic with much more successfully because the money, the, the market that's beat up right now, they wouldn't have had money in the market that they need for a paycheck in the near future for their retirement income. And by a little bit of planning, the only thing that's kind of beat up right now would be the thing that had a long time horizon to grow back. So strategy is not, it's not even 20 people that were um, doing retirement planning last fall did very good with this because they had the right pieces of money in the right buckets. And when I say the right buckets, Bill, we really need to, in our plan, uh, divide our money in a timeline and think about what's our short-term liquidity needs, what are our income needs, and what is our long-term growth needs. And those will vary based on your age and your circumstance. But if you get those ratios right, you're going to navigate storms like we're facing now much more effectively. Are you finding that in the education system, both in the, the lower and even in, in on the college scene, young people are not getting the kind of even elementary education that they ought to have about economics. Yeah, I think that's one of the, the big failings of our education system right now is we're taught a lot of things, right, to pass our tests, to get into college maybe, but some basic human skills, something like money, everybody has to deal with. Across the board, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have basic money skills, and I do see some good programs here um, locally. I've been involved in the past with Junior Achievement. They'll go in and actually recruit local businesses to go in and teach education classes. That's a start, but I sure would like to see more and more financial literacy or financial education be base curriculum in the school system. But what are some of the the assumptions that you find with people that you're dealing with? What are what are some assumptions that may be way off base that you have to correct. So we're going to talk about assumptions that people have, but first we're going to have to take a break. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton on North Georgia Business Radio X. We'll be right back with more. I'm 
Bill Lampton, and you're listening to North Georgia Business Radio X. Talking with co-host Bo Henderson about retirement planning, financial planning. And Bo, we, we ended the last segment mentioning false assumptions that you often have to correct. You know, I think there's a few. Some that come to the top of my mind, Bill, as far as assumptions are, we kind of hinted at it earlier, but that idea that, yeah, it happens, but it doesn't happen to me. And I see that a lot. We, we do a lot with long-term care planning for clients. Uh, and statistically, there's about a two-thirds chance, 67% chance or so, that, that somebody in a family is going to need some kind of long-term care assistance. And we know this, and we've probably even seen a family member deal with it, but it's still really easy to think, yeah, that happens, but probably not to me. Yeah, I'm in good health. Right, right. So so that's one. Same thing with life insurance. Same thing even to the, um, I think we just have a, a false positive sometimes about, yeah, I'm kind of immune from those things that happen to other people out there. It's okay to be an optimist, but that's right. be a realist too. That's right. And I think that's, that's a key too is um, – we want to make sure we're modeling and planning for the future, right? If if we know we need X amount of income in the future, let's not just hope our, our 401k and our social security covers that. Let's mathematically model that and compare the different ways we can put that together to get the best result for us and our family. Uh, so I think that's another assumption is that uh, this is a big one is that I'm not going to live beyond my life expectancy. And, and why I say that is one of the things, longevity is the multiplier of all risk in retirement planning, whether it's interest rate risk, market risk, sequence of returns risk, all those risks are multiplied the longer we live. And the fact is, in a couple today, there's a really good chance of one of them living into their 90s, right? Uh, but when we do planning, it's easy to say, oh, I don't need, I can take my money out quicker, or I don't need to plan to live that long because I probably won't. And the, the problem we run into with people running out of money with 10 years or so left on the end of their life is they're underestimating how long they live. And I would rather, I'm on the other side, I'd rather estimate five, 10 years too long and you, have, and you don't run out of money than us undershoot. Well, let's, uh, let's talk specifically about how you work with people. You know, one of the things, Dr. Bill, the longer I've done this, I started this business when I was 23 years old, and I'm 20 years into this now. Uh, as I grew up in this business, I started noticing a lot of issues, a lot of things that, that my industry does that doesn't serve the client well. Uh, and and one of those things I find is a lot of people, there, there's a big, a lot of people call retirement planning something that I don't consider retirement planning, meaning if, if you're just going to take my 401k or my IRA and put it in a computerized model and charge me a fee, that might be allocation planning for growth, but that's one component of probably, I came up with six components that need to be integrated, right? Um, making a social security claiming decision. Uh, the average person, the average couple in this uh, country, they they do not claim, over 92% don't claim the optimum of social security claiming strategy, meaning to get the most they're entitled to out of the system, to the tune of about an average of $111,000. I've noticed that uh, you've been holding seminars on social mm -hmm. security. Yeah, you know, that's one of the biggest decisions that I see people get wrong, and that stat and that study um, is one of the reasons I started doing that, is most people just do not get maximize their benefit, and it's not... Um, 
by making bad decisions necessarily. It's just by not knowing all the rules, not, not knowing how to make the best decision possible. And short of going to a workshop and educating yourself, reading books, you can't really go to the Social Security Administration office and get good advice. So the last seven or eight years, we made it a specialty. I, I immersed myself so deep, I wrote a book on it, 15 mm. Steps to Customize Social Security Success. Is that available on Amazon? That's available. Yeah, the, the best way to get it right now is just actually go to richlifeadvisors.com and say you heard us talking about it on North Georgia Business Radio X, and I'll send you a copy. Good. Yeah, so that's, that, so, so that's the biggest thing. Um, as we're doing the planning, I see incomplete planning. I see... Um, uh, when I when I talk to a workshop of people, I'll ask how many people have worked with an advisor that has helped them integrate that social security planning. How about tax distribution planning? How about health care planning? How about estate planning? How about non-financial aspects of a successful retirement? Those are the things they all need to be integrated together and working together or else you're leaving yourself open for a pitfall or a surprise later. And one of the things that will give us peace of mind is when we know we've addressed everything that could be a negative surprise in the future one one thing that uh, many of us have witnessed you were able uh, to go in when when you lost a parent Mm -hmm. and you were able to help the family through that however in many situations families get terrifically divided at that time it's not a unifying factor because they don't have someone who's knowledgeable to help them through the complexities that are there, uh, government, insurance, and taxation, everything else that you mentioned. So working ahead of time on that is a great way to keep your family together. You know, that estate planning, uh, regardless of the age, and even even people I'm working with in their 60s and 70s now, uh, when asked, do you have your will in place, your estate planning documents, more often than not, it's, it's not current, it needs to be updated, or we haven't gotten around to it. So those are the things that could really protect your family from, from running into those things. You don't want your siblings fighting, I mean, your, your children fighting with each other after something happens to oh, you. Oh, I've, I've seen uh, statistics as high as 40 or more percent of people don't have a, a, a will that's up to date, yeah, or true. even have one. And that's why it's important to integrate all those components. And I'll tell you the secret, here's the deal. If you can't answer yes to these questions, it's probably time you work on a retirement strategy. And I told you the first one. The first one is, do I have a retirement strategy? Most of the time, Bill, I run across people telling me, you know what? I have a lot of stuff I accumulated over my working years, and I'm going to hit retirement, and I hope everything turns out all right. It's not a great plan. And the old saying is, hope is not a plan. That's right. So, so do I have a strategy? If you do, do you understand it? I have a lot of times I'll run into people that have – yeah, we got some things going on here and here and here, but I don't really understand that it's all working together. And then the third one, which is the important one, and this is the key when I walk through a process or a rich a retirement success strategy process, I say the third thing is, do you have a strategy? Do you understand it? And the third most important is, do you feel confident in it? If you can say yes to those three things, you have a successful retirement strategy. It's been fun for me to to watch your progress from the time we first met and you were saying I've got these ideas and I need to share them and how can I how can I do that more effectively and it's been great to see your professional progress and know the number of people you're helping. 
Well, Dr. Bill, I appreciate that. It has been fun to share ideas and see them come to fruition. And if somebody's looking for that retirement success strategy we talked about, you can always go to richlifeadvisors.com or give us a call at 770-249-7424. As always, Dr. Bill, it's been fun. Yes, and this has been a getting to know you session. I love it. We'll see you guys next time right here, same time, same place, on North Georgia Business Radio X. You've been listening to North Georgia Business Radio X with Bo Henderson. What local business do you know that should be highlighted on our program? Let us know. Just search North Georgia Business Radio X on Facebook or contact Bo at businessradiox.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And remember to support our local businesses.